Welcome to episode number 98 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We have moved into a series on generosity. It's entitled, God's Generosity. What's in it for me? Now that may sound a little bit self-centered or self-serving, but it really isn't. What I'm trying to do is get people to understand that God is a generous God and that when he blesses us with generosity and we receive his goodness and his blessings and his fulfillment of his plan for our life, we're supposed to take his generosity and then share it with others. This is not a series just on giving money to the church or giving away of your cash, although giving obviously would include giving away of our finances. But I can tell you it's far more than that. Generosity is so much greater and so much more important than just our finances. Generosity has to do with our talent, our abilities, the strengths that God has given us, the blessings that he's poured out upon us. Generosity is something that only God can give because he has an abundance. Matter of fact, he has an unlimited amount of generosity that he has for us. Think about that. We serve a God with unlimited resources, unlimited ability to bless us and to strengthen us and to help us. So as we get into this lesson today, I I believe today you're going to hear something that is going to maybe shock you a little bit. But on the other hand, you're going to hear something that's going to bless you a lot. Imagine having greater generosity in your life and being able to give more of what you have. Well, if that's what you're thinking, remember you serve a God with unlimited generosity. You're about to hear something that will change your life. I believe this podcast is going to reach out and touch you in a very special way. So with that, I want to introduce the title of today's podcast, and that is Give Generously and Receive Generously. Pretty simple topic, but one that's filled with opportunities for us to receive the fullness and the blessings of our Lord. So with that, let's pray. I want to invite the Holy Spirit into this podcast. Father, I need you. I need your anointing. I need your touch. And I pray that you would bless now, Lord, this podcast and bless me as I bring it forward, Father, and read from your scriptures, Lord, and read from the outline that I've paired, Lord, from the book that I've written that you gave me, that, Father, you inspired me to write. And I pray that you would bless it. And I pray that those who are listening in today, Lord, would be blessed in a very special way, Father, and they would receive abundantly from you, Father, and receive your generosity. Bless it, I pray now. Give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As I mentioned in my prayer, the outline that I'm using for today's podcast came from a book I've written entitled Generosity, What's in It for Me? It's a book that will help you understand how God wants to be a blessing to us and how we should use the blessings of the Lord to be a blessing to others and a whole lot more than that. I have a particular chapter in there I wrote entitled Give and You Shall Receive. So that title jumped on me this morning when I was putting together some thoughts, some notes about this podcast. So I thought I would use it in a way that would hopefully help you understand the significance of receiving when we give. A lot of people don't want to think about that or talk about that, but that's really something that's very important to understand that we can't outgive God and that we when we give of our finances and of our talent and our abilities and what God has blessed us with, then he's going to bless us back. He's going to pour out a blessing. I believe the Bible tells us a blessing that we cannot contain or even handle. It'll overflow in our body and our soul. Have you ever wondered why so many people that you know are generous and so many people that we know are not generous? 
with their time or with their experience or with their talent. It kind of makes me ask this question. Why is it that some people have such a strong desire to give a generous amount of their time to help other people and of their finances and of their talents? You know, we could ask another question. Why do some never find time to give of their time to someone else? You know, it's difficult to explain why some have the desire to give and that others do not. What we know, though, is that God will give us the desire to give if we ask him. We can turn to a psalm and get some help with that question or that comment that I just made. If we look at Psalm 37, verse 4, in the New Living Translation, it says this, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. You see, the key to this verse is to seek the Lord for his desire for our life. And if we delight ourselves in the Lord, then he will provide us the right desires. He will bless us in ways that, quite frankly, we know not of. Have you ever wondered why people say that some are lucky to be blessed with more finances to give? Well, before I go any further on that, let me just say this. Christians are never lucky. They are simply blessed to the Lord. Now, in my life, I discovered the more I give, the more I receive. Luck had absolutely nothing to do with it. You know, when it comes to having money to give to others, there's an old saying, The harder I work, the luckier I get. Hard work may not always enable us to be able to give large amounts financially. However, the lack of work will never allow us to be able to give of our finances to others. The point I'm trying to make here is that people think that you're lucky to have this or lucky to have that, but as followers of Jesus Christ, luck has nothing to do with it. I've already made that comment, but I think it's important I stress it because people need to understand that God blesses those who bless others, that God wants to reach out and touch us. I found out in my life, the more I give of my finances, it seems the greater my finances are blessed. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I believe that. I believe in that scripture. But I I believe it applies not only to money, but it really applies to my life, my talent, my ability. If I'm a person who is friendly with people, then I need to give away friendship to others and I'll receive it back blessed, pressed down and shaken together. If I have talents and I share those with others, I believe my talent will be blessed. It seems that when some people think that it's just lucky, you're just fortunate that you're able to give, they miss the point that being able to give comes from the ability to be able to produce something or be able to receive something. And when we receive something, we should share it and give it also away to others to help them. And therefore, we'll receive a greater blessing. I hope I'm not talking around in circles, but I believe it's so important we catch this because without that, we won't understand the significance of generosity in our life. By the way, just because someone has abundant wealth doesn't mean that they'll they'll give. That reminds me of a story of an old pastor a long time ago. He made this comment. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but it's kind of a funny one. He had a member of his congregation who was tithing. He was given 10% of his $500 weekly salary. And as the Lord blessed him, his salary increased to $5,000 a week. He went to his pastor and told him he was finding it difficult to tithe $500 on his $5,000 weekly salary. And then he went on to tell his pastor that giving $50 on his $500 was so easy. So the pastor told him, well, that's, that's easy. All we need to do is pray about this issue. The pastor bowed his head and prayed, dear Lord, you have blessed this man because of his giving. My prayer is that you will reduce his income to $500 a week. By doing this, it will be easier for him to pay his tithe. Now, as soon as the man heard this prayer, he stopped his pastor and told him, that's okay, pastor. I get what you're saying. Maybe I can find a way to pay my tithe on the larger amount of what I'm receiving today. 
Now, it's interesting. I don't know if that's a true story or not, but it really doesn't matter. But it drives home a vital point, and that is, as God blesses us, we should remember to continue to put him first in our giving of our finances and giving of our talent and giving of our abilities and giving of our time to reach out and help other people. Let me ask you this. Have you ever wished that you had the ability to give more financially to your church? Well, when I ask our congregation in the past to raise their hand if they'd like to give more generously, financially, almost every person would raise their hand. I felt that people, I really believe that people have a desire to want to be givers, that they want to give and they want to bless the work of the Lord. And they want to bless other people and they want to bless those who are less fortunate than them. So why are those who have a desire to give generously not able to do it? Well, the answer is simple. Give and it will be given to you. That means we must start giving from what we have. And as we give from what we have currently, we align our finances with God's plan for giving and receiving. You see, giving generously has nothing to do with the amount in comparison to what someone else gives. In giving of our finances, it's not about equal giving amounts. It's about equal sacrifice. A $100 donation to a church from a person with a small income is a greater sacrifice than the same amount given from someone with a larger income. That may seem, you know, to be a little obvious. However, not everyone understands the phrase equal sacrifice. You see, a man that makes $100,000 a year, it's there's no sacrifice for him to give $1,000 to the church. But a person who makes $10,000 a year and that person decides to give $1,000 to the church, it's a big sacrifice and it's, it's a substantial gift. This would be a good time to read Proverbs 11 verses 24 and 25 in the New Living Translation. And it says here, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I tell you, there's not a greater verse in the Bible to help us understand the significance of generosity, of us being generous to other people. Once again, it doesn't apply just to our finances. If you have time to help someone else, then give of your time freely. Now, the beginning of being able to give more starts when we decide to put the Lord first in everything that we do. Let's talk about the finances of our income. I believe the tithe that we're to give to God is His plan to test His followers. When the Word of God talks about giving a tenth of what we have financially to the work of the Lord, I truly believe it's a test. And the Bible even tells us that God says, you can test me in this and try me in this. If you give of your finances to my work, he says, and see if I won't pour out a blessing for you. See, the test is whether we are serious about trusting God with our money, with our finances, and with our ability to share what we have with other people. I believe when we're generous, we get the attention of God. Now that is when he is obligated to bless us according to his word. You see, God wants to bless us. He has a desire to bless us. And when he sees people who are generous with their time or their finances or their talent, then he wants to pour more blessing to them because he can trust them with their time, their finances, and their talents. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, in the New Living Translation, it says this. It gives us an explanation, kind of what I'm talking about, of putting God first in our giving. The Bible says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do so, says the Lord of heavens, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Then it says, try it, put me to the test. There's no other place in the word of God where we're asked to test God, to, to see if he's faithful and true to his word. And so I think it's pretty amazing to think God wants us to be generous 
in what we have with others. Now, this is one of the most basic lessons on giving of our finances, yet most Christians do not believe it enough to even start to give of their finances. A lot of folks say, well, I would give of my finances, but I just can't afford to. Well, it's really not a situation of being afforded to, of being able to afford it. It has everything to do with being a good steward of what you have. If we do a better job of what we have, then we'll be able to find ways to give and bless others. You see, the percentage of the number of Christians who give 10% of their income is, is about 6% in the United States. Only about 6% of the people in our country give 10% of their income back to the church. Yet 100% of them want God's blessings in their, in their finances. Now, take a moment and think of someone you know who is in need of financial help. It may be a family member, a friend, or someone at work, or an associate, or a neighbor. Whoever it is, the Holy Spirit has revealed that person to you, and there's a reason that he's done that. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe the Holy Spirit has shown you a need, but then will not help you find a way to give to that need? Do you believe that the Lord reveals needs to us to put us on a guilt trip? Some must believe that. Thankfully, I don't believe most people do. If the Lord reveals a financial need to us, and we believe we must help, then I believe He will show us the way to help. The Lord will provide what we require in order to be able to help those with a need. Kind of reminds me of a story. When I was started to pastor a church, my wife and I had given up our company. We'd closed things down, basically decided to start all over, and we were 50 years of age. And we thought to ourselves, we need to make a commitment to the work of the Lord financially. And my wife and I prayed about it, and we thought, what should we do and how should we give? And I think it's interesting that both of us looked at each other and said, well, why don't we just write down what we think we should give as a gift to the church to, to bless the work of the Lord because we were going to be in a building program. And what should we give? We didn't talk about how much to each other. We just simply prayed. And then we took a piece of paper and we wrote down the amount where the other person couldn't see it and put that little piece of paper down. And we said, well, we'll see how God used us or dealt with us in our prayer to see if we're in agreement on what we should give. Now, let me give you some background before I tell you the amount. You see, because I had a business, but we closed it down, so my income stopped. We went to work for the church for no money at all. Now, I wasn't a wealthy man. I didn't have millions of dollars stashed away in the bank. We had a little savings account, but not a whole lot of money. And we thought, well, we just want to do this for the Lord, and we're just going to trust Him to take care of our finances, and we just put everything in His hand. But then all of a sudden, we go start a church. And now we need to raise money for a building program to acquire a building and things of this nature. So we basically knew that we were going to be used of the Lord to bless the work of the Lord financially. So we prayed. We didn't have a lot of money that we can just say, well, this, we'll just take this out of a savings account and figure out that, that it'll just somehow get replaced. So we made a commitment and we turned our little piece of paper over. And when we turned it over, we discovered that we had each written down $100,000. Now, to give you some idea, we didn't have $100,000. We weren't making $100,000. Matter of fact, we were making nothing at the church at the time. But the Lord put upon our heart that if we are in agreement on this thing, that he'll find ways to bring those funds to pass. So God wanted to be generous with us because we wanted to be generous with him. We made the commitment. We prayed about it. And we said, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we know that you put it on our heart. So we'll just wait and see what happens. So basically, a few months went by and we were just simply going about our daily business and I would get a call from someone. I received a call from this group of guys who were in business and they said, we would like to get together with you to 
put a custom home together and want you to be our partner in this thing. And I said, no, we've, my wife and I have closed our company down. We're working full time at the church now, and I just don't have any time to participate in that type of a project. I said, but I'll be happy to share with you the ideas and what to do and how to do it, meet with you a couple of times and give you some thoughts and where to buy property and give you the forms that I use to acquire things and to do contracts with contractors and things of that nature. And just gave them all kinds of information because I like these fellas, but I told them I don't have any time to participate in this. I certainly don't have any money to participate. So why don't you just go ahead and move forward? So they did. Well, they they went out and built this house. And about six or eight months later, by the time they were finished building it, in those days, you could actually build a home from scratch and complete it in less than six months. So these guys built the home. And while they're building it, they got a contract on it and sold it. And when it was all done, they came to me and they said, we just want to thank you for helping us with this house deal. And we made a profit of $500,000. And I thought, wow, that's great. That's awesome. And they looked at me and said, but you know, you're the one that gave us the ideas and taught us and helped us. And we know that you're pastoring full time. So what we'd like to do is give you a check for $50,000 as a portion of the profit that we made to bless you for blessing us. You see, when you're generous with others, God will figure out a way to bring generosity back to you. And my wife and I looked at each other and I said, Lonnie, look at this. We made a commitment of 100000 to the church. We don't have the funds to pay it right now, but he provided them. So I told these fellows, I said, look, instead of giving me the check for $50,000, why don't you write it to the church? And you can have the deduction. And that way I know I've already fulfilled half of the commitment that my wife and I had made. Think about that. God brought something from nothing. He basically took the generous act of these men and blessed it to fulfill a generous act that I, that my wife and I had made to give to the church when we didn't have any funds. And that generosity just kept flowing and it flowed into the church and blessed the church. So with that, I guess you could say that generosity produces generosity. I believe that would be a premise that the Lord would be pleased with. And I, we see, we saw it happen in our life. By the way, I mentioned we had made a $100,000 commitment. Well, two or three transactions like that happened over the next year. And in a period of about a year and a half, we were able to fulfill our $100,000 commitment. Matter of fact, we were able to give $108,000 to the church because we were blessed accordingly. Now, I'm not telling you this story to make myself look like some kind of a hero or a great generous person. I'm only using it as an example of when we didn't have anything, we knew that if we were to step forward and try to do something generous, that God would bless it because he would pour forth his generosity into us so that we could then be a blessing to someone else. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't read this scripture in the midst of this teaching today on generosity. And it's found in Luke chapter 6, verse 38 in the New Living Translation. It says this, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will define and determine the amount you get back. There's another great scripture that helps us understand that generosity brings forth generosity. Now, once again, we see that giving is our source to receive. Sometimes I wish there was something we could eat or drink that would give everyone a hunger to give, but that's not going to happen. We do not have to look very hard to find someone with a need, and we certainly don't have to look very hard to find God's ability to meet that need. Before I move on from this point, let me just just make this statement. We don't have to look very hard to find someone who has the capability to meet someone else's need. 
The challenge is to put the two together, the person who has a need and a person who has the ability to meet that need, and then pray that the Holy Spirit causes the one who has the substance to meet the need of others, that that person's eyes will be opened up to see that God has been generous with them, so therefore they must be generous with someone else. In all my years of ministry and also when I worked at a bank for many years, for 15 years, I worked in the community and raised a lot of money for agencies and charities and things that needed help. And I was a fundraiser more than I, I guess, look back more often than I thought I would be. But as a fundraiser for those who had need, I was always blessed to see many who are able to give and then see them step up to bless others. See, the greatest financial gift in giving was recorded in the book of Luke. It's really interesting to think about generosity and think about how we think generosity is only from wealthy people and rich people, and that's the only way you can be generous, or that very talented people, people with great talents, can use those talents and be a great blessing, and sometimes struggle with the idea that you don't have to have a great amount of talent to be able to bless someone. You don't have to have a great amount of money to be able to bless someone. You don't have to have a great amount of time to be able to bless someone. All we need to do is take from what we have and give give of what we have and watch God bless it and prosper it and multiply it. There's a great story recorded in Luke chapter 21 verses 1 through 4. I'm reading it out of the New International Version. It goes like this. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. You see, this this act of giving has caused countless numbers of individuals to give to the work of the church and to charities. As I mentioned earlier, we all have heard it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. Well, that's one of the greatest examples, if not the greatest example of sacrificial giving I've heard or read of, the story of Jesus and the widow who put in all that she had. Now, in addition, as I mentioned previously in this podcast, if we truly desire to give, we must start to give from what we currently have. That's the beginning of this whole thing. That's the beginning of generosity. When we desire to give more time to others, decide to give from what we have. When we desire to give more financially, start with what we have and do it in faith. We need to believe that the Lord will bless you to be able to increase your gifts in both of these areas. Now, when we think of generosity. Don't forget that money is not the only form of giving. Our most valuable possession is our time. There was a man the other day I ran into, we were chatting, this man's probably worth five, six hundred million dollars. A very nice man, a very, very generous man. And we were chatting and I said, what's the most valuable asset that you think you have? I was talking about a car collection that he had. What was your most valuable car? We were chatting, whatever, and he said, you know, rather than talk about that, he says, I'd just like to tell you the most valuable thing that I have in my life. And he said, it's my time. He said, I value my time more than any other possession that I have. Because he says, I don't know how much time I have left. He's not an incredibly old man, but bottom line, he's worked hard all of his life. He's worked extensive hours. He's not lucky in his finances. He's a hard worker and a blessed man. But he learned to be generous when he wasn't making very much money. And now he's able to give millions and millions and millions of dollars a year to help those in need, churches and charities and various organizations. This man was saying that bottom line, he has to deal with people wanting his time more than anything else. And as he shared that, I thought to myself, boy, what a, what a great statement that is, because the time that we have 
is our greatest possession that we have. And I'm not talking about our salvation. That's the greatest experience in our life. The most valuable thing that we own is our salvation. But the point of it is giving of our time is such a great gift of generosity. God gives of his time 24-7, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. He is ready to be generous and give of what he has to us. He always has the time to give to us, to help us, to care for us, to encourage us. He's written a great book. It's called The Bible that's given us instructions on how to receive the blessings of the Lord. So with that, remember when we think about giving that time is one of our greatest possessions. And so when we give of our time, we're being generous to others because we all have the same amount of time every day, but we all don't use that time in the same way each and every day. The amount of time that we have is in direct relationship to our availability. Some are working and raising children. They may have limited time, you know, for those outside of their family. However, even those individuals have some time to give. Others have committed themselves to helping a neighbor or assist in church activities. Regardless of what your time issues may be, we all have the same amount of hours in each day. So we need to take a moment and list the things in which we would like to spend more time. Evaluate how you use your 24 hours each day. Decide how to give some of your time to others and some of it to yourself. Now, those who manage their time very well will always seem to have time to bless others because the Bible tells us we will receive when we give. Our time needs will always be met. St. Francis of Assisi said this, for it is in giving that we receive. So therefore, we've got to understand when we give of our time, we're going to receive back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Believe that, and I believe that for you. Generous giving from what we have is not something we are born with. As a child, I liked receiving more than giving. Most children start off that same way. Their favorite word is usually mine or me or I. Parents must teach their children to give. They must also live a life that is a reflection of generous giving. As adults, we face giving with a different challenge. That challenge is trust. Now, some will not give 10% of their income because they lack trust in God to provide for them. Some guard their time and struggle with sharing with others. Some protect their talents and keep them to themselves and don't share those talents with others. For example, the ability to teach or instruct someone, people who have great knowledge many times, will miss out on the blessings of the Lord and God's generosity by not using the talent and the wisdom that they have to share it with someone else. Let me close with this thought. Solomon, who was the wealthiest and most brilliant king of Israel, he offers us the best advice we'll ever receive on trusting God with our money and our time and our talents and our abilities. In Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 7, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It gives us great instruction. This is great instruction on how to live a generous life and how to expect and trust God to be generous back to us. It says here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, we must trust God when we give. That's all we have to do. We just simply have to trust him. We must believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. The Apostle Paul wrote some amazing words in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10, New Living Translation. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So with that, I'm going to pray God's blessing on you and over you. 
as we close this session out, I believe God wants to pour out his generosity to all those who are listening in. Father, for those who've listened to this teaching today, Lord, and your scriptures, Father, I pray that you would bless them generously, Father, that you would pour out a blessing on them greater than what they could even anticipate, ever imagine, or even think, Father. I believe, God, that you want to bless and you desire to bless and that you do bless us, Father. And so I pray for a generous blessing, Father God, of finances, of time, and of wisdom, and of talents upon all those who are listening in today. And I pray also, Lord, that they would share those blessings with others, Father, that each one of them would be a conduit where the blessings of the Lord come into them and through them and bless them and provide for them and then also flows through them, Father, to other people so that they could be a blessing and be generous to others. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. And I'll be careful to give you all the praise and glory for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope this teaching today has helped you. I hope it's been of value to you. Matter of fact, we're going to continue on in this particular series. I'm going to talk more about generosity next podcast as we're coming up. I'm going to talk about giving without strings attached and how God wants to give us so that we can then have the ability to increase our standard of living. And I'm going to talk about some real practical things. I think they'll be a blessing to you. So with that, I pray that you would look forward to the next podcast and I pray that it's going to be a blessing for you. If this teaching has been of interest to you and of value to you, I would encourage you to go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and you will see a list of all the materials that I've written, the books that I've written. There's one in there entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. It's something I've used for years to teach people on how to get out of debt and how to be able to be generous in your finances because you're debt-free and you're able to be more generous than maybe you were before that. In addition to that, I've written another book there entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's a book on faith, dealing with the importance of understanding that we can call forth those things that are not as though they are, that we can pray for things that we've given up on, like God told Abraham that he would make Sarah and him parents of many nations He was speaking to people who had given up on even having a child, but God brought life into them. And that same God can bring life into your past dreams and your desires that you've wanted to have in your life. It's a book on faith. I believe it'll bless you. In addition to that book, you can find a book that I'm using for this series on generosity, and it's entitled Generosity, What's in It for Me? And it's a book designed to help us understand the power of generosity and the ability to receive the blessings of God so that we can then be a greater blessing with our talents, our finances, and our time. If you would like to get more information on the teaching that I've had in this Quality Christian Living podcast, because we deal with a lot of subject matters, dealing with faith and dealing with finances and dealing with generosity and dealing with prosperity in our life. So I hope that you would subscribe then to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So with that, I'm going to sign off and ask that God will bless you. May the Lord truly bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you.